Colorado. Join us Tuesday morning. ASU Sun Devils coming off an upset win over ranked Washington State. We'll talk to the head coach, Bobby Hurley. Join us starting at 6 here on Arizona Sports. A big part of why we won. I don't think we won the game without him this year in the four days miss. Um, so that speaks for itself. Um, obviously, Anthony Davis isn't an easy matchup, but you know, to remain physical with them the whole time and, you know, continue to put bodies on them, you know, is a big part of why we won tonight. That's the voice of Devin Booker after yesterday's Suns win over the LA Lakers, 123-113, a win that very quickly propelled the Suns back into sixth in the Western Conference after falling to eighth in the Western Conference after losing their Texas two-step on Thursday and Friday of last week. That's Devin Booker, and Devin Booker is talking about Yusef Nurkic and his contributions yesterday in the win. Jody Jackson's in for Gambo today, um, and it's a tale of two different big guys in this segment, and we'll start with Nurk. Um, 18 points, 22 rebounds, 7 assists, which was just as big, I think, a part of what was going on out there in addition to the rebounds that he was kind of facilitating guys. There is, you know, we talk about a jump shooting team that needs to make its jump shots to look good. And and I don't disagree with that, but there is also this other version of the Suns that when he plays like that, you know, and I know I understand their matchups there. Some are tougher than others. When he plays like that, it just makes such a difference, right? Like in yeah. terms of the overall product, when he can stay on the floor in those moments, it makes them a different better basketball team. And I think what we saw yesterday is exactly why they brought him here, why they wanted him, and why he was, there was such talk about the fit that he was. And I think that you did see that. And the other thing with him um, that I liked, not just the physicality, but just the, the defense that he plays. You know, he's he's got active hands on defense. He's been creating deflections more and more. I mean, he's getting better in my opinion. It looks like he's better in those areas as well, which really helps. And then like you said, seven assists if he's dishing the ball out to the open man I mean that's gonna obviously help the shooters out as well so I guess it's just a question of like you said it's matchups yeah it's it, there's a lot of different you know every game is different but if you could see more of that I think we'd all feel a lot better about how this team is going to finish out this last 24 games it's weird because we've seen it, it's like in Gambo and I've talked about this a lot the last couple of weeks and I'm not saying the pendulum is swinging back to the other side now but for the last couple of weeks it's been small ball small Small ball, small ball. Kevin Durant at the five. Go get Thaddeus Young. Let him play the five. Uh, Royce O'Neal. Oh, he's the perfect small ball guy in those moments. And we've seen Frank Vogel use small ball lineups to kind of give his team a jolt of energy and a a burst of scoring or whatever it is that they need. And yesterday, in some ways, felt like that good old-fashioned reminder. Yeah, small ball is cool and all. but and, And we even saw yesterday at times... The the complete opposite of small ball, where it was <laughs> Nurk, Bol Bol, and Kevin Durant on the floor at the same time. Yeah, that's a massive lineup, right? And, and it's that that's a lineup that if used correctly can cause, and as long as Bol Bol keeps playing the way he is, can cause all sorts of problems for teams because they're just so damn big out there. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I know on the poll it's like MVP of the game. We didn't go that way, and neither did the uh, the people that were joining the poll. Bol Bol, not the MVP, but he's definitely earning those minutes. He's earning more minutes, and we've had this conversation before, even when I was doing the show around the holidays. And, you know, I think... 
I mean, bottom line is with him, he's an underrated addition to what they're doing here. And you're right. If I don't know how much we'll see that, that look, that big look, but... It worked out pretty well yesterday. I know this. If if and I'll play this. This is Yusuf Nurkic. Um, well, first of all, here's a here's a montage of uh, bowl bowl dunks for your uh, pleasure on this Monday afternoon. Booker drives the lane, floats one up, short bowls there to put it back with a two hand jam. KD handled into the forecourt, hesitate, then drive, give to bowl for the two hand jam. Bowl just skying towards the rim, throws it down and puts the Suns up eight. Now Durant brings it up the right side and gives to bowl. Open in the right corner. Fakes his man. Takes it to the rim. And it's a jam time for Bull Bull. Those are actually from Friday's game against the Houston Rockets. Bull Bull is earning playing time on this team. Like, I I, I I don't know how much you've heard Gimbo when I talk about it. I was not down with Bull Bull. I was no, not down with I, had, I did not know that. I, I was not down with the signing. I thought it was a waste <laughs> of time. I thought it was a, what are we doing? I mean, stop. Um, and with him not playing very much the first 30 games of the season, it's like, it's like why, why is he even here? What's the point of Bull Bull? Boy, JJ, I'll tell you. Coming I, around, huh? I, I'm more than, I mean, like, <laughs> I was wrong, wrong, wrong about Bull Bull. He is demanding playing time right now with how he's playing. I mean, to the point where Kellen wrote about this at ArizonaSports.com, and I'm having a hard time disagreeing with it. Until further notice, if you were going to tell me playoff start tomorrow, you're going to shrink down your rotation, and you're going to play your best eight, maybe nine guys. He has to be one of them. Yeah, I think right? you're right. Yeah. He has to be one of them at this point. He's He's been productive. That's yeah. it. Bottom line is when you can be productive and and scoring and in the paint like you said dunking the ball when he, you know. I mean, the thing that's interesting with this roster like you talk about that. I don't really blame you for feeling that way because look, we when they had all the signings of all the guys who are no longer here back in July, I remember sitting here with Luke and going through why I liked all of them so much, you know. And you had what nothing to say about Bobo. Keita Bates, you know, all these. Okay, I'm, I was in on a lot of that. And then as they played, it became clear, you know, some of those roles and, you know, it's supposed to be defense. And I mean, it just wasn't working out. And so they had a massive, like, these guys are out, these guys are in. And, and Bobo was kind of in before even those changes were made. But we've started to see more and more. So, in your defense, I don't think we were really seeing what you know what we needed to see from Bull Bull until more recently. Well, I, I, he wasn't playing a whole lot. I, I was just basing that off of kind of his past, how much he had hopped around, how you know last year on a really bad Orlando Magic team, they got better when they stopped playing him. They got better as a team when they weren't giving minutes to Bull Bull. When they were giving minutes to him, they weren't very good. And so I, I just, I kind of, in my mind, added it all up, and I thought it's, it's a flyer, it's not going to work. If it's Now, a lot can change. I do think, though, that this next month or so, starting in March, when the Suns schedule gets really, really brutal, and it does get really, really brutal, at this point, Bowl Bowls earn the right to see how he plays against the better teams. So the Lakers aren't bad. They're not one of the elite teams in the NBA, but they're not bad by any stretch. And he played very well against them. Come on, them. they won the in-season tournament, Bernsey. Yeah, there's a banner at uh, <laughs> Crypto.com like, to prove like it. That feels like two years ago. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> like, that was forever ago. Um, play Bowl Bowl against... 
the Milwaukee. I, at this point, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't play. You kind of have to see it. Yeah, you do. You and you're right. It. The schedule is brutal. Me. We all know. I'm sure you guys talked about this. I know we were talking about this in my household, how it's the hardest schedule of any team coming mm-hmm. out of the All-Star break. And you got to see, you, you have to try all of these things now and you have to play it. those matchups that are more difficult to see what's going to happen in the postseason or in those final games because I, I don't think this is all going to be shuffled. Everybody's talking about whether well, they're going to be the eight and six. I mean, why are we, I mean, it's only 24 games, but it's still 24 games. I don't think it's all going to be figured out until the very last week and a half. Yeah. When we come back here on Burns and Gambo with Jody Jackson filling in, this time... Two years ago, Kyler Murray caused a big deal when he started messing around with his social media accounts. Two years later, the Arizona Cardinals are getting a reaction with what they're doing from their social media account. And it's about Kyler, and we're trying to figure out what it means. That's social media. Uh, the Burns and Gambo Show. <laughs> hey, it's Wolf. Outside of wide receiver, which position should we be watching for at the NFL Combine for the Arizona Cardinals? We'll tell you tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. song, by the way. Jody's enjoying it, too. She was humming along to it. It is a good song. It's a fantastic song. Jody Jackson's filling in for Gambo. Lauren choosing the music? Oh, Lauren's always the DJ. Nice. Unless... Good job. Gambo tells her to play a song. <laughs> and then Lauren's not the DJ. <laughs> but usually, Cam, usually Lauren's the DJ. It's just... Weird. How many times does he request a song for the rejoin? Is it often? Just Twice like a he's week. In the mood there. In the Three mood. times a week. Twice a week, probably. Okay. Twice a week. Yeah, every now and then. Yeah. Let's just say the tip jar is a little more full for DJ Lauren than it is for DJ Gambo. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Like I would put some money in the tip jar for this. You know what? In fact, we should. Why don't we do that? We should do that here on Burns and Gambo. No. La- Lauren yeah. should have a little tip jar in there. And and. <laughs> And, and when she plays a song we like, we just go, like, put a dollar in the tip jar. Not, that's, I, I think I'm just trying to help you out, you know. Yeah, the DJ is not going to argue with you. Right? I mean, like it's like coffee money for a year. Maybe if it's a really good week, you can go get lunch or something. That's right. I'd throw a dollar in the jar for this. All right, we're on this. I think, I think we need to create, like, a tip jar. All right, I'm getting a jar. In fact, we could really, I'm sure this is all kinds of illegal. We could create like a Venmo account and just call it Lauren's Tip Jar. And then people listening to the Burns and Gambo show could tip you for the music I that like you play. I like that. Yeah. We could do that. We probably can't do that. That's probably very, probably uh, very against some like FCC yeah. regulation or something. But Sending money online <laughs> probably, to the producer of the show. Probably. <laughs> There's probably a <laughs> dozen different FCC violations, so we won't get into that. Uh, Monty Austin Fort, uh, during Bickley and Murata's Newsmakers Week, uh, speaking very glowingly of Kyla Murray, as you would expect. I would say just from him, I've, I've been nothing but impressed with what he has done in our building, and it, it continues to right now. Kyler 
doctors in the building right now every day working, continuing to rehab. I mean, that, that was a tough injury that he mm-hmm. came back from. I mean, that's 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 hard. And especially on someone like Kyler, who relies on his legs, you know, that, that takes a while to get there mentally. And so, you know, there's usually a with those types of injuries, you know, players come back a year later. But really, the big jump that they come back from is that second year. Um, that is still, you know, we kind of gloss over, oh, it's an ACL. He'll be back. Like, that is a hard that is a hard injury to come back from both physically and maybe even more so mentally. So, you know, we're looking forward to what Kyler can even grow upon what he did last year, but extremely happy we have Kyler right now and moving forward. All good words to say uh, and and this is this is not a bad thing what I'm about to mention. It's just more of a kind of a curiosity because I, I saw it this morning. A lot of people saw it this morning and they were trying to figure out you know, what the reason was behind it. And then there's another side story to it that we'll get to in a minute. Um, the Cardinals official Twitter account today tweeted out like a collage of pictures of Kyler Murray, and all it says is our franchise quarterback, and then these three pictures of Kyler. And right around the same time, Adam Schefter tweeted out, Arizona continues to stand squarely behind Kyler Murray. So you got Schefter commenting on the tweet or, or whatever, and, and like a lot of Cardinal fans, I just kind of looked at it and said, okay, that's great. Awesome. He, he, he played well when he came back. He played a lot better the last three games that he played. But what, why? You yeah, know, why, what's, what, why today and, and why come out, you know, I mean, again, you think back and you heard all the same interviews that, that I did. And I sat there in the room, Drew Petzing said, this is, he's a franchise quarterback. Yes. Uh, I don't know if he ever said he's our franchise quarterback, no, but, but, but he said he's a franchise quarterback. And Jonathan Gannon said, oh, I, I, he's, Gannon said he's our franchise quarterback. Yeah, uh, play the play the, when Gannon was on with us, uh, second to the last week of the season, when when Gannon laughed at us for asking him the question about whether Kyler was their franchise quarterback or not. Like th- there was sort of a, I thought we had covered this sort of feeling about seeing the tweet today. Like okay, I thought we kind of established that. Yeah, he kind of laughed and then did actually answer it but yeah he kind of and then I remember Gambo even being like why are you laughing? <laughs> is there any doubt in your mind who your quarterback is going to be for next season? <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> He's your guy. <laughs> I love why, this why, guy, why, man. Why are you laughing? I love this guy. No, there's no doubt. <laughs> you love which guy? <laughs> yeah. hey, Number one, our franchise quarterback. Yeah. That's who I love. Okay. I mean, you should after that performance. <laughs> I mean, he, listen, he, he, it's not about one guy, though, guys. It's not about one guy. But, I know. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, you know, you know, I'm a Kyler guy now. And, that's and, it. That's it, right? And then the next day, the media followed up with them. And were you surprised they asked you that question? Yeah, a little, you know. But but it also made national news when he said that on our show because it it, it was like this fun, like this official. Yeah, we're not. He's the guy. Mm-hmm. We're not changing anything out. And I just now there was a report over the weekend from a Twitter account that I don't follow particularly, you know, closely or anything that suggested the Cardinals were doing some heavy scouting work on Bo Nix, the Oregon quarterback. Is that what prompted the tweet? I, I don't know. It was just a very unusually timed kind of okay. Hey, this is our franchise quarterback. Good now. 
Maybe it's just a flex. Like, we don't need these other guys. Like, we have our franchise quarterback, you know? I maybe. mean, the Bears aren't tweeting that about Justin Fields, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Like, maybe they're, <laughs> they're teams not that ready to commit to that. <laughs> don't know who their franchise quarterback are. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like, I know there are some on social media who are like, yeah, he said the same thing about Josh Rosen all those years ago, and you still took Kyler Murray was all said and done, which, you know, we can have that conversation if you want. I, I feel like we're in a different boat now. It's just, it seemed like a very odd day to kind of stand right. with your chest out and say, if that's indeed what you were doing, and say, he's our franchise quarterback. Well, yeah, of course he is. It actually would have been most fitting the day after the interview with you guys. I feel like that would have been yeah. kind of like, hey, you know, our franchise quarterback, as you heard our coach say on the radio. But yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder. Maybe it just was, you know, a thought like, hey, we want to reinforce this. And yeah, the draft's coming up now. I mean, it's I feel like teams get so used to not saying anything heading into the draft and the draft feels far away, but it's going to be right there. It's it's going to be right in front of us. Yeah. And uh, I, I think, though, that they've said enough glowing of, uh, things about Kyler and there have been evaluations about both his character off the field and his talent on the field that, you know, I, I don't think they're fooling anyone there. Like, I think there's a quarterback sitting there uh, and for, and maybe Marvin Harrison's gone. Like, I, I don't think they're going to be fooling oh. anyone. Like, that, that spot will be up for grabs and they'll trade out of that. But, uh, you know. We've, we've seen mock drafts where... They have the Cardinals taking a quarterback, not at number four, but like at number twenty-seven or in yeah. the second round. That's not going to happen. That's not. That's not. No. Kyler's, I don't expect that early. at all. No, no. I'll, I'll. And again, there's a lot of mock drafts oh, out there. Yeah, there though, are, so and, and some of them are really bad. And, and again, I'm going to keep saying this: there's nothing wrong with the Cardinals standing behind Kyler Murray and saying he's our franchise quarterback. It's just the timing of it. But, you know, was it in response to the Bo Nix report? Was there? I, I, I don't know what it was. I, I do know this: a year from now. Now. All right, Kyler Murray is the franchise quarterback today, February 26, 2024. Um, a year from now, I, I I don't think this thing is written in ink necessarily. It might be written in ink today, but but a year from now, if it's if he has an okay year, a good year, but he doesn't have that great jump forward, leap ahead kind of year that I think a lot of people think he should have with one full year in the system and a full healthy offseason and all that stuff, you better believe those questions are going to start to come back up again about whether he truly is the long, long-term guy for the Arizona Cardinals for the next seven, eight years. That that could happen a year from now. Yeah, he's not... I mean, look, uh, he had some very good moments this year, but to me, he's still a little bit inconsistent where it's not like you're going to anoint him. This is your, you know, for the next decade. Right. Right. And that's okay. I mean, that there aren't very many of those guys. There, No, there aren't. You know, and, and there aren't many of guys like Kyler Murray either, which is why I think he's here. You know, again, you're, you're paying him. Uh, the value continues to look better and better when you see these other signings, as much as the value well, didn't look good when he was signed. That and the salary kept going up too, so yeah. his value looks better. And I'm sure better. that was something the Cardinals anticipated but look why you know he's the franchise quarterback because he is a very good option is is he a guy again this always goes back to is he going to take you to the super bowl well number one we all know it's not just the quarterback although he's a huge part of it especially when you're in the game but you know he's he's a very good option but you're right it's not in stone no but the franchise quarterback as of right now absolutely and you want to go in he was at the suns game yesterday i saw by the way 
Was he there? I saw Kyler was there. Kyler was Joe there. Burrow I saw Burrow when there. Jamar Chase were there. Yeah. I didn't see Kyler was there. Star studded. Kyler was a wow. Yeah. They all came out to see Suns <laughs> Lakers. It all brings them out. It, it does. It, it, it's a Kyler. I'm very excited to see Kyler in another year in Drew Petzing's system with a full offseason healthy with better cast Marvin and crew Harrison Jr. around maybe <laughs> yeah maybe I'm very because I thought the way he played the last 3 games of the season now that's the version of a quarterback that you could potentially win a lot of football games with you know it was just I saw it this well, morning too let's face just, it you know Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer they had Larry Fitzgerald and and Kyler and Larry really never got going I mean Larry retired you know yeah, I mean yeah. so you know, you know, not to say that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be Larry, but that that guy that is uh, in the elite category. Speaking of that NFL draft, after you, Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line, 620-620 right now. There is a team, one team, that could really make things interesting for the Cardinals in the NFL draft. We'll tell you who it is next on the Burns and Gambo Show with Jody Jackson filling in. It's Luke. What can the Diamondbacks accomplish in this year's spring training slate? We'll be live from Salt River Fields getting you ready for D-backs Rangers. We get going tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Tip jar. Tip jar. Not throwing a dollar for Beastie Boys. Especially this one. Love the Beastie Boys. This reminds me of a million years ago. <laughs> like high school, I guess. <laughs> Were you in high school when this came out? I think so. I was college. I was college. Yeah, high yeah. school. Yeah. Gambo, you're sitting in his seat, the one with his name written on the back of it. Yeah. Hates the Beastie Boys. Really? Are you really surprised, though? Well, I mean, but they're New Yorkers. Yeah. I mean. So are the Mets. Doesn't mean he loves them. <laughs> <laughs> so are the Rangers. Yorkers, it doesn't mean he loves yeah. them. Yeah, it's it's yeah, uh, not a big fan yeah, of Beast Boys. You know, not a big they're, fan at all. They're, they're I, it's interesting. That but I do like. No, I didn't. I would have thought he would have liked the Beastie Boys. Yeah, no. I yeah. Yeah, no, not at all. Not one bit. Uh, Jody Jackson's filling in for Gambo today. Gambo will be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll both be live out at Salt River Fields for the Diamondbacks. We're taking on the Rangers. Uh, Wolf and Luke are doing their show from out there uh, as well. The scouting combine is this week in Indianapolis. Uh, the, the the news of the day, I guess, see, we're starting to parse through who is going to do what, who isn't going to do what. Uh, and as usual, there are a fair share of guys who are going to wait until their pro day before their run, and there are other guys who are going to get out there and compete and do all the things. Uh, maybe the big story is that Marvin Harrison Jr., he's going to be there. He's going to interview with teams, but the wide receiver out of Ohio State not only isn't going to run or do any of the drills at the Combine, he's not going to run or do any of the drills at his own pro day. He's He is training for the start of a football season. He is not training to go run a 40-yard dash or a shuttle drill or anything like that. And it doesn't sound like he's hired an agent. So he's that, rebelling against the system. Apparently huh? he is. Yeah, he's just like, screw it. You uh, know, and he can, I think also because of all, you know, all indications are he, he he's a he's a good a good guy. Yep. You know he's the son of Marvin Harrison, and there's a lot that's known about him. And I feel like he can do that. Like you said earlier when we talked about this on the show, like he can do this. He's one of the rare guys that can probably do mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. and it's probably going to work out just fine for him. The team to watch is the New England Patriots, and today on the Athletic website they did a, kind of a team by team. Here's what we're following at the combine, and for the Cardinals, our our colleague Doug Howell 
Fowler wrote about what they're going to be following at the Combine for the Cardinals, and it's, of course, wide receiver. How big of a priority is wide receiver? Is it going to be wide receiver for sure at number four, even if Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone, or do they go offensive linemen, et cetera, et cetera? The New England Patriots one is the one that stood out to me the most because it's they're, they're the team right in front of the Cardinals in the draft. And they wrote what they're going to be watching is quarterback Jaden Daniels. And they write, the Pats aren't concerned about his height or his hand size, but scouts want to see him at or above 210 pounds at the combine because there are concerns about his slight frame and the right. big hits that he takes too often. Um, the other question for the Patriots is how Jaden Daniels will interview and how he'll test when they run him through the plays on the whiteboard. How Daniels or Drake May, if he's the one who's there at three and Daniels goes two, how those guys do this week, and this is their words, not mine, will go a long way in determining whether the Patriots draft a quarterback or wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> with the third pick. And therein lies kind of the hinge point for the Cardinals, right? Like, we know it's going to be quarterback one. I don't know who's making the pick. We know it's going to be quarterback two. We think it's going to be quarterback three for the Patriots or whomever's sitting there. But, may, you know, if they walk away from the scouting combine and they're not blown away by Jaden Daniels' acumen at the whiteboard or Drake May's ability to do whatever – could they go Marvin Harrison Jr.? And is that like a bad thing for the Cardinals? That That's that's where the, the variable comes into play. Well, here. we know the Cardinals will be ready for whatever comes their way, and they have to be prepared for that. And whether that's, you know, even moving down, getting another receiver they have their, you know. I, I think that when you look at Jaden Daniels, that is a real concern. When he was here, we remember how skinny he was. And I, I think the, the wording is very important. You said slight frame, and it is. He's, his frame is a bit narrow. He's not, it's, yes, he's put on weight and he spoke about that on the podium at the Heisman when he received the award is kind of all the things that kind of were up against it for him and the things he had to show and one of those was just gaining weight I mean yes you can gain weight but it's also a frame issue too so I think and at the end of the day that's what the combine is too it is measuring all these measurables but it's also seeing guys how they move how they you know how the into head to toe how does it all fit and uh, and you know considering there's you know you think about how many picks there are in the 260 some picks in the draft and, and then you look at undraft I mean there's a lot of uh, of course all those guys don't get invited but there's a lot to look at at the combine yeah. so yeah for New England I you know we all know they need a quarterback badly I actually happened to watch them a lot over the last couple of years and the Mac Jones Bailey Zappi it was just very depressing to watch I mean they had their they, they would have moments they would have maybe one game and then but it was just never consistent and it was really poor but they may end up going they may have a plan to go another direction if that guy is not uh, you know one of those top the top guys or maybe they like another guy that they can get later yeah I mean they're they're in a position to really I think in some ways dictate what the Arizona Cardinals, in fact, to dictate in every way what the Arizona Cardinals could do at number four. Uh, if, you know, if they, let's say they, let's say they go out and sign Kirk Cousins. Okay. I don't know if that's going to happen, but let's say they sign Kirk Cousins. Well, now it's either going to be for sure Marvin Harrison Jr. at number three, you would think, or it's going to be a trade out to somebody who would move up to take one of the quarterbacks. And then the Cardinals could take Marvin Harrison Jr. If, if, Marvin Harrison Jr. goes before the Cardinals pick. 
I would think that puts them in a prime position for a trade out trade at out, number yeah. four. Yeah, if there's if there's uh, one of those three quarterbacks sitting there at four. I would think Monty Austin Fort is very open for business to a team that wants to move up, get the quarterback, Cardinals move, and maybe even do what they did last year. You know, have a couple spots. Well, have yeah. three move to twelve, but then move back to six because they want to get Paris mm-hmm. Johnson Jr. They might be able to do the same thing and still pick up extra assets. But if the Patriots, you know, decide they do love Jaden Daniels or they trade the pick to someone who does want one of those quarterbacks, then the Cardinals, if it goes quarterback, 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 one, two, three, and the Cardinals are sitting there at number four, they might have an opportunity to trade back. I tend to think they're not going to get blown away, and, and they're, they're probably better off staying put and taking Marvin Harrison Jr. I still think it's ideal they trade back, but it, it feels yeah. like that would be their best choice. I mean, I personally think so. I'd love to see that, but, you know... Marvin I Harrison don't know. or a trade yeah, back? Yeah, Marvin, Marvin, Marvin Harrison. Harrison. I, I don't know what they're thinking, though. I mean, obviously, you know... Uh, they're going deep into all of this, and they have uh, a number of players in in a particular order that I'm not sure where we're you know going to be able to predict that. But I will say to be at four it is not a bad thing in that you have mystery, but not a whole lot of mystery. You have three spots ahead of you, right? Yeah. Now you're right though. If New England trades out, that changes things, and but still. Um, it's going to be pretty clear. I think they'll have a really good idea what they're doing there. But uh, Monty Austinport was really wheeling and dealing last year. We he saw was. that. So I- I'm not sure what we'll see this year. And-, and even throughout the entire draft, I mean, he made some some good moves as the draft moved along. And so it's never a dull moment um, so far under Monty. Because we've only seen one year of Monty. We don't know whether last year was the outlier for how he handles a draft or whether it was the norm for how he handles a draft. I think it's the norm. I, I I bet that's how he's going to do it most years, but we'll see. I, and maybe this year just doesn't present the opportunities. But yeah, I mean, better. clearly he feels comfortable doing that oh, and, yeah. and not standing pat. And so, yeah, when you say the norm, I mean, I think for me that means is he comfortable doing all that? And does he have this? I mean, he brought in a team of guys that he's worked with in the past and they felt really comfortable dealing with uh, these other teams and knowing exactly what they wanted and what they could do. And I, I thought he was very impressive. So I imagine in year two it'll be even that much easier for him to do that type of stuff. I, I just I want another one of those videos on draft day of Monty working <laughs> that was the phones great, like he did last it? year. That was really, really good. Yeah. We'll come back on the Burns and Gamble show back to the Arizona Diamondbacks because if you start crunching the numbers and looking at the roster, there aren't very many roster spots available on this team. The question is, is there room for Jake McCarthy on the 2024 Arizona Diamondbacks? We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo show. Hey, it's Jared, and tomorrow we're going to be talking about a bunch of top athletes running around in their underpants. I'm, of course, referring to the new baseball uniforms. No, but we will talk about the Diamondbacks and the NFL Combine. Bickley and Murata, 6 a.m. Do the rejected sports kebab jokes, is that where they end up? <laughs> On on these look-aheads for the morning show? I'm just asking for a friend. Just curious. Mitch and I were talking about they're obviously back to their drinking ways on the morning show. <laughs> it seemed like they may have taken a break, Clearly. but they're back now. Ever, Jody, you ever fill in on the morning show? 
I did one once or twice. I think twice. Okay, yeah. twice. It's so different. Yeah, it is. there's well, a lot yes, of people. Because there's, there's a, there's a, lot a, of a stuff mim- going on. Yeah, there's a mimosa and a Bloody Mary bar <laughs> here set up in the auction community studio. I didn't see so. that, but it did oh, get a little crazy. I didn't see that. She says, "Yeah, sure you didn't." <laughs> I mean, it's obvious listening to some of these, right? Exactly. What do they oh. call Jared's thing again? Sports. The sports cabaya. Yeah, sports news like skewer. Sports news skewer. Yeah, which just makes me think that some of the reject. Jokes. I heard he's renaming it to the how many jokes can I fit in about the terrible MLB uniforms? Well, either that or minutes. Andy Reid. How many jokes can I make about Andy yeah. Reid or Adam Silver, right? That's a that's a staple <laughs> of the sports club. Jody's filling in for Gambo here on the Burns and Gambo show. All right, so this is Tori Lovello, manager of the Diamondbacks. After the game on Saturday, and he was asked about the challenges of having six outfielders on the roster if indeed they go with six. Here's what he said. Well, yeah, there are challenges because I feel like AT is is evolving into point every day, and I think um, we're still being reacting to that. But you know, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of innings out there, and um, if you have too many, I think the number you, how many did you bring up? Six or six. seven? Six, yeah. Um, Hey, you're going to fight to get guys consistent playing time. We believe in days off. You guys are aware of that. But, um, I mean, there's a certain number and there's a sweet spot. We start count up innings and how many are left over for player A? What does that matchup look like? Player B, where is where's he going to fall into his strengths and limitations? How can we get him how bats or to be most productive? So those are conversations we're having right now. Yeah, and and the reason this is coming up is because people are kind of doing the math and looking at the Diamondbacks roster and going, okay, Corbin Carroll, yes. Alec Thomas, yes. Uh, Lourdes Goriel Jr., yes. Jock Peterson and Randall Gritchick, they're here to be designated hitters, but they're basically both outfielders by trade, so that's now five outfielders. If you... If you start to do the math on the roster, like there's only there's like five or six guys who are competing for basically two roster spots at this point. You do wonder, is Jake McCarthy, yeah, he's a fan favorite, yeah, he's fast as the wind, but is does it work against them that he's an outfielder because they have so many outfielders already, right? Yeah, I mean, and it is different. This year's just it's different. Let's face it. You go to the World Series, and now you're looking to add depth. This is not where they were two years ago, or even in some ways, even a year ago. The standard of how they play, and we all know this team relies on great defense. But now you're a team that you have, again, you're looking for offense in all positions. You don't want to have any. I think Mike Hazen's goal was, hey, no weak links. And so mm-hmm. he went out and he signed these guys. And you mentioned Peterson, Grichik. The other, so the dynamic, too, has also shifted where there's more movement in the outfield. Because for me, last year, when you think about it, Evan Longoria at third, and, and he didn't really play like a ton, right? You had mixing and matching there with Josh Rojas, Emmanuel Rivera. That was kind of a place where you could mix and match guys and use those guys as a DH, especially Rivera and Longoria, right-handed hitters when you needed it in a very heavy left-handed lineup with, you know, AT and mm-hmm. Corbin and on and on. But now you've got Gino Suarez over there, and he played every day last year. Yeah. So he's going to play almost every day. Uh, you know, I don't know if this 
team is going to play anybody every day. But, you know, the, the way that they look at things, like like Tori said, they believe in their days off. But my point is, Bernsey, is just the shifting a lot of times happens on the infield because you had a lot of versatility there. And we, they still have versatility there. Um, it's just Suarez is everyday third baseman, and they haven't really had that yeah. for a very long time. And then the outfield now, you can mix and match, and you can do a lot of different things. But you're right. The numbers game for Jake McCarthy, it, it's crowded. It's very crowded. It's crowded especially if it, it, at the beginning of that soundbite, if you thought he said 18, he didn't say 18. He said AT, and he's referring AT, to Alec, Alec Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. And and if, if Alec Thomas has evolved to the point where his defense is so invaluable and he can hit lefties decent enough that it kind of warrants that he stays out there at all times, well, then there's at-bats that, you know, that Corbin Carroll's playing as close to every day as you're going to get with the occasional day off. If you're telling me that Alec Thomas is an every Everyday player as close as you can get with you know days off every now and then. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I think is pretty close to that same level. There, you know, I mean, we call Gritchick and and Peterson outfielders. They're here to be designated hitters, and I would yeah. imagine that they're going to be swapping those bases. There's not. You would think you would think that you'd want to leave a couple of roster spots open for a, a an extra shortstop if you needed. If you wanted to play, you know, it's like a Kevin Newman type. If you want to play some of the matchups there. I don't, and Jake McCarthy's a really popular guy with the fan base, and he's fun to watch, and he's fast, and he's a good guy, and all the things, right? I just don't know with the way this roster is built if he is an opening day roster kind of guy. I don't, I don't know if the fans are going to get like all super upset about that. But he's a popular guy, and it, yeah. they're they're pretty well, I mean, crowded with the catch, outfield right now. He had that catch early in the year at Dodger Stadium yeah. where he went over, and then even that game, I, I don't know if it's that game or you know where he had Gratterall, the Gratterall was on the mound. This is early in the year when the Diamondbacks actually took five of eight from the Dodgers mm-hmm, that first mm-hmm. two weeks of the season, and it was kind of they weren't hitting but you know Jake beat out a ball and and so it was like it was kind of the Jake McCarthy game in a lot of ways because you saw the speed and and the kind of the grit in the outfield you saw the speed and the scrappiness and the good base running it at the plate in that particular game and and that's what he's doing but he's you know the other thing with Jake is you know last year you know ground ball rate you know needs to get back to line drives things like that so we all know what they need to see from Jake and as you mentioned earlier in the show, he's got to be productive. This is not a tinkering. This is not a, hey, let's just get ready for the season. This is produced right now. But the other thing is, and this is, sounds like the easy off-the-hook answer, um, and it is for us since we're doing this show and we still have a whole month, basically, of spring sure. training, yeah. there's going to be a lot to play out. And part of it will be performance. Part of it will just be things that happen. And Gritchick's not healthy yet. He did have um, the off-season surgery in the ankle. He's going to be ready to go. Close Soon, to the beginning, but yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just, there's just still a lot to be yeah. determined. And so it's easy. I think if you're sure they're thinking about this really hard right now, because as the manager of the team and as the GM, you have to make these decisions, but you also just have to let people play. And then See in a couple happens. of weeks, you'll know yeah. a lot more. So yeah, when we come back <laughs> on the Burns and Gambo show, we hit the reset button. We're going to get you caught up on everything going on in sports. All the things we haven't talked about. Mitch comes on in with the four o'clock reset next here on the Burns and Gambo show.